Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our main podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined every week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and media and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Hi, everyone. This is Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. (laughs) She's laughing at me because I thought I would try wearing a mask because that's the, you know, recommendation. So I'm wearing a mask um, and I'm going to take it off in a minute because it's really funny. I wear I wear reading glasses. (laughs) For those of you who don't know me, I wear reading glasses. And so when I'm doing things with the computer and we're doing the podcast, like I wear reading glasses and when I'm wearing the mask, they're literally full of steam. Like yeah, I, I mean, you kind of look like anything. the invisible man right now. <laughs> I can't see anything. It sort of sounds like maybe the sound might be fine with a mask on. It's a little muffled probably, but yeah, it's muffled. Not too bad. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to take it off now, but um, you know, there's a mask. There'll be a photo of me with a mask on doing the podcast perhaps. Oh my God. Anyway, moving on. Um, wait, now now I have to. Oh God! Oh, oh Jesus! Taking off the mask. So, as you might have noticed already, we are we are back in the sense that there's been some pre-recorded episodes over the last few weeks because uh, Kathy was supposed to go to Africa before this yeah. uh, became what it became, and she we, were can't- actually, we were actually ready to go even two days before. Um, and it wasn't until Trump did the travel ban yeah. through because we were traveling through Amsterdam and we weren't so concerned at that point necessarily because it was really only for foreign nationals, but the level of unpredictability with him in those 48 hours was scary. And our fear was not so much the virus. Our fear was um, not being able to get back yeah. and then getting there and not really being able to enjoy the trip because we'd be worried, are we going to get to go back? So Right. And yeah. I think what ended, what I remember, because um, obviously I was thinking about your trip and what was going on too, is, and, and I had other friends and people that did take trips or needed to go overseas for work mm-hmm. to start jobs and things like that. And... So what would have happened probably to you is when they shut it all down, you would have had to have flown back anyway. And that would have been, that's what happened. And that's what happened to them. Yeah. Yeah. Student of mine, he was um, two or three days into his trip to the Galapagos and had to get on a plane and come back. So, right. So that, you know, that would have been terrible. We got really lucky. Um, Our travel companies really, really. So we had um, uh, the gorilla safari company in, Rwanda and Uganda, and then our climbing company in Tanzania, they helped us work those two teams together, um, moved our entire trip without any cost to October, and then KLM gave us vouchers. So we essentially moved the entire, and we may end up actually saving money because if we get the plane tickets ahead of time right now, it'll be cheaper because no one's going to be traveling internationally for a while. Mm -hmm. But we got incredibly lucky because I know that there were people, uh, we were top priority because we were leaving in 48 hours. So our travel teams were like really on it and really apologetic because what ended up happening is Uganda listed us as a hotspot. So they locked us out. We were then just going to do the trekking through Rwanda 
And then just things piled up and we sent, we called uh, Megan and Donna in the UK and we're like, this is not happening. And they're like, we get it. So we got really lucky because I have friends of mine who their travel companies and their airlines were not that great. Yeah. And you were early on too, and you're a repeat customer with them. No, we're not. Oh, I thought this is a different company. Oh, I thought the travel company that you love is the one you booked through. No, because these are, this is a different trip. So, um, but they, we'd been working with them for over eight months, like with our visas and our backs and yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I I think also, uh, I mean, everybody knows what started to happen is that in the beginning, I think it was it it was very difficult. They wanted to be very strict and, and all of that. And then what happened probably between now and then, at least I know for me, I belong to like all the frequent flyer programs mm-hmm. and there's, they, over the course of a week, probably like a week and a half ago all, or two weeks ago, the airlines all started sending out emails about how accommodating they were going to be. Yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, they're doing, they're saying it's coming from a philanthropic place and and that might be very true and it's also good business because sooner or later people who are you know people will be able to travel again and so who who it's just like politically it's like everything's going to be looked at just like 9-11 just like the um uh, hurricane katrina like Mm -hmm. everything's going to be looked at like how did you handle your business and yourself and how did your company Mm -hmm. handle your business and your and you as a person during this crisis, absolutely, and everything will be sort of like judged on that. Yep, um, retroactively. Yep. So I'm glad that I'm one. I'm glad you didn't kind of, in many ways, waste your time going mm-hmm. and then coming back. We were Bianca and I were literally in that last moment. We we're like, okay, we because neither one of us are really um, afraid of the the virus piece. Cause we could have come home and quarantine cause we were, I teach, I'm teaching online now and seeing my clients through telehealth. And we'll talk about that later. So I wasn't, I wasn't so worried about that. Although I do live with someone who's immune compromised. So I would have had to been careful with that, but, um, it was really more about, we would have gotten there and this is such a trip of a lifetime. And the last thing we wanted was to stress while oh, we were yeah. there or get sick or while we're climbing up a yeah. mountain or know? interrupt the whole thing yeah. or like there was, I, I get it. I mean, yeah. I respect your decision in, on so many levels because it was kind of early on. And I think a lot of people were, that's Kathy's bubbly water, Sorry, not a beer. Um, Mango to be specific. Although that wouldn't have been out of character character. necessarily. Sometimes. And it would be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, just glad. Yeah, so one of the other things I think that is happening is this telehealth thing that we're all all doing. And I know that that's something that many people can relate to right now. I mean – the people, those people who have kept their jobs, which I am lucky to have done. I think we're so fortunate in this industry. I, um, this was really timely for me because I ended at my group practice and started my own private practice. Um, starting April 1st, my company switched to my, like I went to my own company and it was right in the midst of this, um, which was really ironic. So rather than starting in my new office, I started in my office at home. Um, (laughs) But I want, I just want to say, because I know that there are a lot of people out there who have been significantly impacted by job loss, that I recognize 
how fortunate I am to be a professor and a psychologist and to be able to do all of this work from home. And if anything, I don't know about you, Shannon, but I've gotten busier in some ways. Yeah. I mean, neither one of us could have ever predicted this particular situation Mm -hmm. because we're not scientists, so we don't study pandemics and all of that. I mean, I realize a lot of the scientists out there are like, yeah, we were just waiting for this Mm -hmm. to happen, but you and I weren't thinking about it. But I think that we have talked in the past about how we both got into this industry because of its flexibility Mm -hmm. and kind of wanting to go into the two, the last two thirds of life in a, in a place where we had a lot of choice. Um, and I think this definitely demonstrates it. I, um, I feel lucky to be in a position right now where my job, my job job, like my day job, um, is easily somewhat easily translatable to at home. Cause mm-hmm. being a supervisor, mm-hmm. I can do, um, all my sessions, um, through Skype or, t- um, my company's gone to like using Microsoft teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could do that and, uh, yeah. There's a lot of that. I, I, my program manager has to deal a lot with teams, the teams and deciding whether or not they should be able to go like deliver this thing to this family or if it can be done in some other way. And so we're, there's a lot of strategizing and I don't know the future of, you know, one doesn't know the future of the department. I know that a lot of companies are furloughing people, but there are programs in place for California to help employees with the furlough like if if now you're only working 25 hours a week there are furlough programs that can accommodate because now uh, after these laws have been passed you can um furloughed employees can apply for unemployment which is not true before so Mm -hmm. they've made that specific Mm -hmm. to this situation so i don't know i don't know the future of it but i know that it's that and then also a month ago when this was sort of ramping up I did a a business decision where I started a telehealth um, practice, not only for not not only for my clients um, that I see in my private practice, but just doing telehealth for other companies online. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't mention the companies because you know I don't want to do that. I don't want to promote one over the mm-hmm. other and all of that. But uh, I started to do that because I tend to be a backup plan person. Yeah, you know, because I just. I'm like, well, I can't be without an income like most people. <laughs> I can't I can't be without an income. So if this actually go, you know, I we don't the uncertainty of it is that we don't know mm-hmm. how long or what's going to happen. And so, okay, so what can I put in place to make it so I have a paycheck and I'm in control right. of that. So there's been that. Um the other thing that started happening, I don't know about you, but like I had an event that I go to every June that now canceled like a big mm-hmm. event, mm-hmm. Uh, end of June, actually, that now canceled. So, you know, I took back the hotel reservation and I got a call about the flight and all of that. And that, and then I have another flight booked in July. Um, so, you know, things are kind of far, you know, over the summer, things are all, can- you know, people, everything, all the tours are canceled, you know. Yeah, I think that one of the main themes that have come up um, over this Thing accelerating, um, and what again? It, it's it doesn't really matter if you believe this pandemic to be a real thing or not. It's impacted our economy, and it's impacted. What do you mean a real thing? Like, are well, there people I mean, that don't yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's so many different sides to this right now. I mean, there are people who are really on the boat about 
Bill Gates, who runs the WHO, basically, and how he was the one who really deemed this to be an international pandemic and how a lot of people, specifically anti-vaxxers, believe that there's a lot of um, overplay and overkill and and the media is playing this up. And although there's a real virus, that it's not um, as bad as the media is playing it. And then you have the other side, which is taking it very seriously and 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 so there's there's multiple sides to this whole thing and and so i this this i'm kind of digressing here but i think there's there's a there's so many different inner um responses to this virus and i know that it's caused a lot of controversy even between friends just like the whole trump thing i mean there are a lot of people who believe and 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 i think i'm somewhere in the middle to be quite honest um i think when the virus did start i i minimized it because our government minimized it um and made it sound like it was uh a virus that lived somewhere else and didn't live here. And that's why we were closing the borders down. And then it really hit. And then it, it really, I kind of went into this other side, which was, this is really bad. Mm. And now, because I've been looking at all the different research on it, I'm kind of right in the middle where, where I definitely believe this is something we need to be taking seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, however, what I do pay attention to are the news networks that play the same ER cut four nights in a row um, and it's like, you guys played this four nights ago, you know, so how much are you shoving down people's throats and getting them into this mass panic? So yeah. I definitely think there's extremes on both sides, but regardless of that, one of the things that has come up, um, I think from a mental health point and, um, Debbie Frankel, who is actually the woman who I sublet from, she and her husband do a lot on grief and loss. And and she's been doing these seminars talking about this goes beyond just losing someone to the pandemic. Grief and loss could be the loss of time, the loss of a year, the loss of events, the this uncertainty of how much are we going to personally lose over the next year. And, and people are really grieving. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, two things. One is, yeah, thank you for explaining your thought process because that, that's why I asked the question is because I know that I think that's a, a really universal thing to share. In other words, people w- were downplaying it because that's the information we had. Mm-hmm. And also that's a survival mechanism mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of what we do when we're hopeful people yeah. is it's like, oh, you know, it's just a flu or whatever, whatever we did a month ago. And then um, and then you really described kind of how you went through it, which I think is helpful to people because mm-hmm. that is what happens is like then you swing to the other side and then you come yeah. back and then hopefully if you're a healthy enough person, you can kind of come back to the middle and say like, okay, I'm going to take this seriously. Mm-hmm. But and but I'm, I'm and I'm going to manage my anxiety and I'm going to do the things that are recommended. And I think that's where like that would in general be, I'm, I'm sure you and my recommendation is to do that. And yeah. And I think it did get personal for me because we were pretty certain my sister-in-law got it. Um, she traveled to Florida during a time that Orlando got hit really hard and then traveled back and this was for work and about she was smart enough she does philanthropic work so she's done she was in communication with the cdc for a while because before i left for africa she said you're going to be fine as far as like if you get the virus you'll be fine it's more of you might get stuck i mean she like predicted this whole thing right and i know she was specific very specific about um, her disappointment in the way the government handled it because she goes kathy we were stocking up on 
on the hand sanitizers back in January, I, I saw this coming with my work. So it frustrates me that if I knew by February 3rd, why didn't the rat, like Trump knew, you know? And so she came back and she was smart enough because their house, their, their whole basement is they Airbnb half their house. So she came home and quarantined in the basement, which is done up like a house. And about six days after she got home, my brother and my nephew are upstairs. She started to get pretty ill and she had it for probably like five days total, but for three days, the way that she described it was clearly the fever came like two days in, started with a sore throat and a little bit of a cough. And then the cough intensified so badly. And she's a tough woman, but she was like, it felt like somebody was pouring boiling water from the stove on my chest while stabbing me with needles and crushing my bones when I moved. It was really bad for about 72 hours. She didn't have to go to the hospital. Thankfully, it didn't turn into pneumonia. And I think this is what a lot of people need to recognize is the majority of people who will get it, even if it gets to that level of intensity, it's incredibly uncomfortable, but most people will be able to get through it without having to go to the hospital. It's just horf. I mean, she's like, it was flipping awful. Yeah. I, one thing I have done as I'm sure many people have done as I've, um, I've switched a little bit from, so, so let's talk a minute about like what we're imbibing, like as far as not drinking, but we can talk <laughs> about that too, if you want, but um, we both take a sip of the bubbly. Um, but uh, what we're imbibing as far as the sources that we're using on a day-to-day basis. Now we're not perfect people, so it's, no. it's not a recommendation. We just, I think it would be nice to describe sort of our process because I think everybody has one. And so uh, with that note, what I would say is, is that I started out by daily, like once I was at, you know, instructed to work from home, which was about two and a half weeks ago, Good Lord. Yeah. Two and a half weeks ago. I know. I feel like it's been like six months. <laughs> it's like, is it August? I don't know. So yes, the days are longer. Kim, and, sorry, Kim and I made yeah. a joke the other day. We're like, should we just like celebrate Thanksgiving? What fucking month is it? <laughs> well, a lot of people, you saw a week ago, a lot of people started watching Christmas yeah, movies yeah. and like putting up lights because it's like, this is my life. I'm this starting, is like I'm starting to happening. figure out how my dogs feel. We're, like, we're just <laughs> yeah. living. Yeah. yeah, we're just here. We're yeah. always here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I started out by um, watching the live news conferences once a day, you mm-hmm. know, so um, for I, I don't know, you know, I know that we have international listeners as well. And I know that listeners all over the country. So I'll just describe kind of what's happening in California, or at least in my area is that our area is that we have the once a day um, White House uh, news conference that everybody has um, that goes live and you get a notice or whatever. And then we have the once a day uh, governor, which all the states are having (laughs) right now. Um, And if you subscribe to news services, you literally get like notifications when every single governor goes live, (laughs) like all over the country. So um, so there's that. And then there's the, um, the mayor of Los Angeles that goes live once mm-hmm. a day. And this is mostly like Monday through Saturday, Monday mm-hmm. through Friday. And so I started out by like watching each one every day. And 
for me, that was fine at mm-hmm. first because I really wanted to kind of orient to what yeah, was going I mean, on. Everything and, changed in 48 hours. So, so it was really like, I really needed the information. Right. Like what, what like, the heck what is are we going supposed on? To do? Yeah. What's yeah. going on? What's the like temperature of the whole thing? Um, what's LA doing? What's California doing, et cetera. So I started out by doing that about uh, sometime this past week, maybe Monday or Tuesday, I stopped watching the White House one. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't a whole ton of like new stuff coming out of that, but then I would, <laughs> well, and then they kept like interrupting each other yeah. and Fouch should be like, no, that's not right. Let me yeah. correct that error. And then someone else would step in. Right. Yeah. And so I just sort of saw what was going on there dynamically, psychologically. Mm-hmm. So what I, what I moved to was just getting the like bottom line alerts of what they had said, basically, which yeah. kind of comes out like right afterwards. Mm-hmm. So that was fine. Um, and then also, uh, Fauci started doing podcasts, you know, interviews and different stuff like that. So I would, I would listen to those so that I could hear his opinion. Uh, I kind of stopped watching the governor one. I, I will say this. Um, I'm not, uh, I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll just openly disclose. I, I primarily vote democratic. Um, I never vote straight ticket, but I primarily vote democratic. I didn't vote for Newsom. Um, I didn't care for him. I didn't mm-hmm. really care for a lot of his policies, sure. but um, I feel like he's done a good job yeah. personally with this. And I feel yeah. like when Agreed. there's a, there's a lot out there right now about how California will be the state that we look back at in about 10 years and go, they did it right. And I'm actually really proud of that because we usually get a lot of shit. We get a lot of shit uh, for doing everything wrong. Or we have too many homeless cause we're all too liberal. And, we're, you know, we're, yeah, hippie liberal we're hippie socialists. liberals yeah. and we, we, we caused all this and it's for the yeah. gays and all that, you know, and the, the, but I feel like, Hey, even Trump gave us a shout out the other day. Did you see that? And I'm like, what? Cause you want to just cut us off and let us float in the ocean. So yeah, that's fine. Um, but there like, are, thank there, you very much. There are, I think a lot of States now who are trying to model, what Newsom did because the Bay Area started with the shelter in place that was effective and they're already starting to see um, the numbers here you know they can't they can't predict quite yet but they're thinking that when we did it um, stopped us from becoming New York because we were neck and neck with New York and then we went we kind of stayed the same and they shot up yeah so and and I don't um, you know I don't blame the governor of new york for that no, they didn't know amazing I yeah everybody's really like him yeah, liking like, him yeah, but like, him. like my opinion and i'm not a politician and i'm certainly not up on all the facts but like just in general as a regular person watching the news i sort of feel like they didn't have a shot because they were the first and they're a hub they're massively they're like in a cage together it's just like so overpopulated and they're an international hub i just feel like they didn't have a shot in the beginning because they were the first to really so if san francisco had been the first we'd be telling a different story maybe i don't know i don't know what the reaction i think what saved washington state is just the the conditions they live they're not in this major city they're not living on top of each other and san francisco Yes, there are parts of San Francisco that are living on top of each other, but there's lots of parts that aren't, too. Well, in San Francisco, the city is only seven miles by seven miles compared to New York City, which you could fit like 20 of San Francisco in Right, and L.A. is getting hit and has been getting hit and feeling the repercussions of that, but we're also 90 miles wide. Uh, Yeah, you can fit seven San Franciscos inside of us. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a lot of it does have to do with the way the... It's set up. I just think that um, it was nice to hear that California actually mm-hmm. finally got some positive media. Yeah, I um, 
what I was saying about like ha- my ap- my like appetites or what I'm imbibing is I went sort of from all of that to now like searching out individual stories. Mm-hmm. So I've been I have been listening to you know as you guys know I listen to the Daily from New York Times and I listen to the NPR podcasts and different things and they're doing stories on individual people Mm -hmm. and also my local news just like in my town there's a woman that was in the hospital with coronavirus and came home and so they did a story on her and so I'm getting the and on Twitter there's a lot of it as well so now my brain has switched a little bit to yes keeping up on things reading my paper Mm -hmm. um reading opinion pages, but also reading the New York Times and the LA Times. And I miss my actual paper, by the way, because uh, I'm not touching that right now. It's just, it continues. I won't, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Although you might be wiping your butt with it at some point. Let, let's cause. just say I'm not <laughs> driving to CVS on Sundays to get my paper. I'm so right glad. Now. I was going to, and I'm making a joke, but it's actually true. I've been seeing these people talk about like, so when you run out of toilet paper, uh, newspaper is actually a great substitute. Soft. Or a hose. Yeah. Just jump in the tub. There's that. I just meant you if you have any paper saved up. Oh, that chafe. <laughs> Fair. Anyway, I've 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 switched to hearing personal stories. And the reason why I mentioned it at all is because a few minutes ago you were talking about your personal story. Mm-hmm. And what I'm struck by is that there are some similarities with the personal stories, but then there are also lots of dissimilar and so I think where the fear comes and where my head can go sometimes is, you know, if I got it, I don't know which person I'm going to be. There yeah. isn't any guarantee of which person you're going to be because like, unlike in the very beginning where it was like, oh, just old people, you know, it's like, well, one, old people are very important. I, I, right, right. I let, let them die off. I hope yeah. to be old one day. I think it's a gift. I, yeah. I tell people like, why are you talking about age is a bad thing? Like not everybody gets to live that long. So right. why don't we just sort of see aging as like a prize? I, I think that people, anyway. I, I don't know if it was so much that or as people looked at that and said only if okay good I'm not that fragile it's totally about fear absolutely but yeah there was this sort of dismissive um erasure of old people like oh okay well if he's 80 he's lived a life so just let him go yeah and then the media like slapped back at that and was like wait what are you talking about like older people are really important what Mm -hmm. are you talking about don't you want to get old like don't so but now we know better now we know it affects all kinds of different ages um And through the telehealth thing that I've started, I've gotten to meet people all over California. And for those of you who don't know, you you need to be licensed in the state that you're – you need to be licensed to treat people in a particular state. So I – personally can only treat people in California, a lot of therapists in telehealth are going out and and getting and applying for licenses in other states in order to build their business. So great, you know, more power to you, but I'm good. California has plenty. Yeah, we we have plenty plenty to do. So, but my point is, is like, I met a lot of interesting people and different, and some of them are dealing with coronavirus. Some of them are doctors on the front line. Some of them are, you know, in bad relationships and stuck in the house. I mean, it's just an interesting, um, I think we're going to see a surge of frontliners yeah. in therapy mm-hmm. after this. Cause I think there's going to be, I have a couple, I have a family member and a couple friends who are a on lot the of front trauma. lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just the exhaustion and, and there's, so, there's gonna be so much there, I think. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's just a lot of stories I'm hearing. And so there's a lot of self-care I have to work on and try to employ as well, which is a work in progress because I think you mentioned earlier and my colleagues at my, um, at my day job, uh, said, have been saying the same thing, especially that first week for us. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I work so much harder oh, God. than yeah. I ever work when I go yeah. to the office. 
in some ways, I, I um, it's almost like the universe was like, you do need to stay home because people need you right now. So like uh, I was in some ways happy yeah. that I could be there and my students yeah. too. We had the week off for spring break when I left, but mm. then turned everything back on to Zoom and we, you know, we processed a little bit um, before we even started class. Like, how are you guys dealing with this? And, yeah. And especially, I think another thing that comes up too, is you're, you're pay paying USC tuition now to be online. How do mm -hmm. you feel about that? So mm -hmm. it's, it's just loaded with so many, there's health stuff, there's fear, mortality, financial, um, isolation. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll talk more in the next couple of shrink chats. I have some other mental health things that I've seen come up in articles around, yeah, this, we'll be but, talking about this for a while, obviously. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that was, was there were two things that were good. One, 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 it was good that we had the episodes, uh, like pre-recorded over the last few weeks. Like, I don't, that is so wacky. Well, cause you and I spent a way. couple weeks quarantining before we saw each other. Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, so that was just interesting. And that was because of Kathy's impending trip, but it worked out uh, as the universe sometimes provides. So, but we are also really happy to be back together and doing shows because we want to be right here in this minute with you. You know, we want to be right here doing topical stuff. And so, especially on Shrink Chat, but also on Tarot Talk too, mm -hmm. um, injecting a little more of like what's going on into that show and how it relates to the topics that we talk about. So we're excited to be back. And on a lighter note, I lighter than Corona anyway. Can we just talk about the zhuzh I've done in the this office, This room looks please? amazing. She has me sitting so far from her. Um, <laughs> yeah, due I put to her at the other side of the room. Social distancing that I need a mm -hmm. telescope to see her. You know, it's so fun how um, microphones work. Yeah. So so what I did was, so the room we're in. It's more open this way too. Yeah, the room I'm in is a like a little bit of a longer room. It's not square. It's a little bit rectangle, rectangular. Um and I had a big heavy wood desk, so I got rid of the big heavy wood desk. Well, I didn't actually get rid of it. It's actually in the front hallway, but um, <laughs> as you saw when you walked in. But I got a, a new desk, and then I also gave Kathy an area about at the other end of the room. And Does that turn on? Do I get, yeah. Do I get what are you talking about? This plug. So there's a plug she yeah. needs. But, I mean, it's not on. Well, do I have to hit that if switch? You go, if you... No, I did that. Go to the surge protector. and Yeah, you have to turn the switch on at the wall. Okay. So here's what she's doing. She's getting used to her new area. <laughs> there's a there's a um, surge protector down there, there that you can, you can um, plug things into. But what I'm getting to is I got you a green chair. I like this. I asked her what her favorite color was. She said green. I do love green. So she's got... A green chair. So this is a work in progress over there, but I, I made you an area. And yes, uh, we are practicing social distancing even in this moment. And we even have like with the microphones, little guards. Like yeah, we have pop, pop filters for those of you know what that is. Um, we always have those to try and get rid of the pop, pop, pop in your voice. Um, but yes, we're practicing social distancing. Uh, the other thing I did was I put hand, a gigantic thing of hand sanitizer on the front table so that anyone coming into the house can use that at will. And then I also put paper products in both of the guest bathrooms Excellent. so that you can wipe your hands on the paper and not our towels, towels that we use. So I'm trying to be mindful, damn it. Yeah. Um, and be safe. But we also want to do this, our beloved podcast. Um, trivia. 
Let's do oh, our trivia. Let's go back. So this would have been from <laughs> We April. have to announce a winner too, right? Do you know who the winner is? No. Okay. I, I sorry guys, I don't, only because I think a lot of been a lot of people have been checked out a little bit from this. So mm. um So what would you like to do about that part of it? You oh, wanna... you mean a winner for March? <laughs> a winner for the last three months. Remember, oh. Remember we're doing okay, so Oh yes, everybody yes, needs yes. a reminder. And I will, I thought and you I meant will... a winner for the week of April. 3rd. Oh no, and I'll remind the listeners too because okay. we just haven't been, you know, gotcha around. I think um but we're doing every three months we do um a participation award and I send out a box of I'm pretty swag. sure it's Bob Love and Dog okay. for this month, but we can go back and do the Yeah, please. Tally. So the last question, this would have been for the week of April third. Um so the trivia was Get Out was influenced by whom and what did this individual say to influence Peel's theme? So the answer was Eddie Murphy delirious. Hmm. Murphy asks why white people never leave the house when a ghost shows up. <laughs> he discusses the ghost in Amityville who tells the family to get out. Murphy says, now that's a hint and a half for you. Now that's a hint and a half for your ass. If a ghost said, get the fuck out, I would just, he goes, I would just tip the fuck out the door. <laughs> so this is from, um, this is where Jordan Peele got his name for the movie and where the, he was in. I thought that was funny. Get the fuck out. <laughs> get the fuck out. He's like, if a ghost showed up, I would just tip the fuck out the door. So yeah, they never do that in horror movies because it'd be a very short movie. Um, so this week, mm -hmm. this would be under the Hellraiser post that I just posted for Classic Horror Friday. Okay. Um, and the question is, Hellraiser was adapted from a 1973 play. What was the name of it? And then the second part of the question, it was then changed to what title after Barker thought it sounded too much like a love story. Okay. So the first part of the question is Hellraiser was adapted from a 1973 play. So what was the name of that play? And then what did Barker initially change the movie to before Hellraiser? He changed it to something because he thought that the play sounded too much like a love story. So it's kind of two pronged. Gotcha. And this will be under the Hellraiser post on Instagram if you're going that way mm -hmm. or yeah, clearly, you know, Twitter, email, all that good yeah, stuff too. I get, I get some peeps in the emails. And I haven't gotten any answers on Twitter before, I don't think. But I have gotten some answers via email. I'm going to go ahead and say that um, for now, unless mm -hmm. I go back and have to recorrect this. I think Bob Love and Dog is actually our winner. Okay, great. So I'm making a note. Um, so what happens now is, is I get that person's address and I send them a gifty box. And so what's going to happen is with this question that she just gave out today, that starts a new round. So for the next three months, if you participate regularly, um, you know, people that participate every week or most weeks have a shot. Um, so go for it. And then you get a box for me and uh, us from because eventually that will have some swag in it because we're, you know, this this put us <laughs> we had a little setback. Uh, but going forward, we do have stickers and going forward, we're going to figure out some I'm not going to say what we're going to make because it's a secret. 
And we might also have to change it. Well, and, and there might be a delay on the shipping with FedEx and all that. Well, unless we, yeah. I guess UPS, we could we're do gonna, that. We're definitely going to take these next three months while we're playing the trivia game to figure it out. And then maybe the next box could have a little something-something in it, but we'll just have to see. It, it's it's hard. But but I, we also want to support small companies, and certainly people who make mm-hmm. logo swag are small companies usually, mm-hmm. and so we want to do that. Um, so that's trivia. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So what are you watching these days? How are you entertaining yourself? There's certainly a lot to watch. Uh, I've been watching, we had a listener actually on Instagram. Let me see if I can find her. She was Mm -hmm. asking if we were going to be covering any of the old horror. Yeah, this, I I read that too. She asked if we were going to do any like rewatching of series. And I think she mentioned the Conjuring um, franchise, which, you know, that's warm in my heart because it's one of my faves. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I I think I also asked her, like, is that a suggestion? Would you like us to rewatch some old stuff? Because I think we're happy to do that. Uh, We just had to pick one. Yeah. So I I just told her that this coming, um, well, on this we're recording this first, but on Wednesday we're going to be doing the, uh, so the Wednesday before this episode. You've already listened to it. Yeah, you've already listened to it. Or if you haven't listened to it, go ahead and listen to it. We're <laughs> going to be talking about sort of like the old school funny horror genre of like um, using humor in horror. Funny so, horror movies, basically. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, and a lot of those are older. I mean, they still do them now, but there's mm-hmm. a ton from the past. Um, well, and I think we need them right now. <laughs> so. We do. And so I have been watching stuff on Shudder, but I, I'm... Anything else besides the funny horror? Yeah, I've been. Wa- I watched. Um, I'm caught up on Little Fires Everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I know you read the book. Yeah, um, a long time, a while ago. Yeah, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. It's heavy. I've had to watch it in doses just because of the climate we're in right now. But I yeah. have to say, like, I've always been a fan of Reese Witherspoon ever since she was back, like twelve years old in Man in the Moon, like years ago. <laughs> and, um, I just love her, and she is great in this, and Carrie Washington's great in this, and watching the two of them together mm-hmm. it's like cringe it you want it's cringeworthy because it's it's a really uncomfortable show to sit through mm-hmm. but it's i think it's pretty well done but it's heavy it's yeah. pretty dense yeah i have not watched yeah. it yet um as far as like just to stay laughing and stuff mm-hmm. i'm watching my like weekly sitcoms and things like that but i to be quite honest with you i have avoided a lot of tv um i'm i've been doing adult paint by numbers. Mm -hmm. I've been doing puzzles just because I'm trying to save TV for nighttime Mm -hmm. just so, and I work, I'm working a lot during the day, but I don't, I think it's easy to fall into like just sitting down and watching Netflix all day when we're quarantined. So I'm, I'm really trying to like curb that a little bit. Um, I think that's one of the things, I mean, as therapists, we could probably engage in a little recommendations as well around COVID-19. Like structuring your day. And I think one of the biggest ones, um, and it's certainly something I've had to talk to a lot of mm-hmm. my telehealth clients about, yeah, me and too. not only them, but my friends, is that, um, and I'm not succeeding at it all the time either. I'm totally, I'm totally working out the kinks. And so I would say my best advice is progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, so making progress towards having a daily structure and ritual, whatever that is, and even having a structure to the week, like, Monday through Friday, if you're a Monday through Friday worker, have that be Monday through Friday and then 
do the fun things on the week, whatever it is that you, I mean, you can, I, I think this is a great time to change your structure and how you want to do it. And it's going to look different than normal, like average days, mm-hmm. but have, I have one, right? My, mine's kind of just flipped over. It's really the same. It's just, I do it at the house. So like, rather than getting up, having my coffee, getting the dogs out and going to the gym, I get up, get the dogs out <laughs> have my coffee, work out at home shower rather than go to my office I go to my office upstairs but I try to keep the same kind of day during the week Mm -hmm. um as much as I can I mean it's kind of nice between clients I can go down and like do a puzzle and then walk back upstairs but um I think there's mm. an opportunity for more self-care oh my Um, god yeah uh, for sure if you choose to use it or if you're good at that because I know a lot of people are not good at remembering that or thinking about it but yeah I can tell you that one of the things that's not so great for me that's happened is I'm drinking way more coffee yeah (laughs) because I can just go into the kitchen and make my coffee the way I like it um so yes I would say my coffee drinking has gone from like one to maybe three a day (laughs) That's not the greatest. I usually thought, start with three but, cups in the morning, but well, there you go. Yeah. So again, we're all we're all figuring out. Yeah, and my coffee machine is in my office too, so I can just turn around. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, but I think having a structure. I've I've had the same conversation with my clients, um, particularly my teenagers who are mm-hmm. home and doing homeschooling, and I'm like, hey guys, mm-hmm. get your ass out of bed, get up, <laughs> yeah. because the ones who are doing that are having a blast, and the yeah. ones who are not are really depressed and anxious. Yep. That's the same with the adults that I speak to. Um, They're getting like mired down and sucked into their relationship dynamics, Mm. like on a 24 seven kind of basis instead of, uh, well, and I get it because we had, we had this built in world where we went to work and we got a whole lot of distance and perspective and our friends and socializing and work and feeling effective and all of the things that come with having work. Um, and a lot of people are now unemployed and under financial stress and don't kind of, kind of see the forest for the trees and are also in very dire straits. Mm -hmm. So, and not used to like looking at public resources as an option. Um, even though there are a ton out of there, uh, out there now, I did want to mention on that note, actually, I didn't do this on purpose, but it reminds me that, um, we in, uh, Ventura County have a Congresswoman named Julia Brownlee. And she actually sent out a COVID-19 resource guide for Ventura County, but it's also got the, all the national stuff on it. Um, she sent something out, the resource guide, that is quite comprehensive and has links to everything. So as you guys know, there's been a bunch of acts that have been passed, um, Families First Act, and then the Response Supplemental Appropriations Act, and then the um, coronavirus aid and relief and economic security act. So there's all these acts and looking at them, reading them, figuring out how they apply to you. Um, she's got a whole section of best practices and testing and it's widely available online. If you want to see, um, it's got national stuff in it and it's got a little bit of course of the local stuff. So if that doesn't apply to you, but I imagine my thought is, is that look into your congressperson and who, wherever you are, we get to learn about local politics now <laughs> because we get to look into who our congressperson is and we get a regular access to our mayors and our governors. And mm-hmm. I'll just say, you know, that's one of the, and I think the reason why Cuomo is having this surge of popularity is obviously because he's being exposed to the whole country and we're seeing how he handles himself and people are very impressed. And I would say, 
this is something that has been in politics in in the past. So, but I think it's like between 1976 and 2008 when when Obama was elected. I hope I have that year right, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, every single president was a sitting governor before that. Mm-hmm. So it used to be, for those of you who didn't know, it used to be that we hired our president from our governor pool. And starting with Obama, which was an amazing choice, that stopped. And I think what's going to happen is perhaps not in this election, but going forward, we might start doing that again. And because we've all realized, oh, we have governors, <laughs> because it was not the thing for a while. And we need leadership. Mm-hmm. And and so I think, and I don't want to get overly political, but I think where a lot of people are disappointed is it doesn't really matter what point, you, what side you take on this pandemic or scamdemic or whatever people are calling it is it's where's the leadership and the ownership and just getting up there and going okay it doesn't matter whose fault it is let's work through this together and i think one of the things that cuomo's done that trump has not has he's not deflecting he's not trying to find out the source of the blame he's just in it and handling it and that comforts people yeah absolutely and i think um that would be a, a second tip I would kind of pull out of our discussion is that, and something I've talked about with clients, is that I think that there is a tendency to lean out of situations and rely on your defense mechanisms and what you normally do in crisis situations. And my advice, I guess, for lack of a better word, would be to lean in. And I think that that's what Cuomo is doing is he's leaning in. And so when you have relationship problems, when you have crisis, when you have people that are difficult in your life, it's easy to want to avoid them and lean out. But I think leaning in and being more curious and asking more questions and listening to what people are saying to you instead of just reacting is really the way to go. And you brilliantly said like, that's exactly what he's doing Mm -hmm. is he's, he's leaning in and just to use my language, like he's leaning in to every question and like, huh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I think I, you know, he's just answering like that as opposed to leaning out and going like, I'm scared of you people. Yeah. It's not our fault. It's the individual States. It's not our problem. We didn't know. Like, whether it's true or not, matter. nobody fucking wants to hear that right now. No, it's be a it's leader. About, yeah, it's about knowing what you want in your leader right. too. And so, um, I think Pence has been more of a leader than he's been. Well, yeah, and I I imagine that's why they they made him the head of the mm-hmm. who's he what's it out of the gate is because they knew this he'd is, be he'd be more palatable. It, and it's not even about politics anymore. It's it's really about like who is showing up and like you said, who is leaning in. It, there's no room at this point to just be pointing fingers and doing that. We are, we are out of time. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Agreed. Um, I did want to talk about a movie that I watched called the platform. Um, it's on Netflix. It is a new movie. I would say it's horror suspense. It's not really in the horror genre necessarily. Like I'm, I guess I could, I got to reel it back there, but, um, It is really good, first of all. And second of all, I'm going to find my little page where I was going to describe it to you. Okay, so it's, um, first of all, it's Spanish. So we've had this conversation before about Netflix and um, subtitles. So I have figured something out. 
long ago I recommended a movie to Kathy and she went on there and it was overdubbed and it was Oof. ridiculous and she could barely watch it. And I'm like, well, it's a really good movie. I'm so sorry that happened. It and then was I, still good. It just would have been a lot better without that. And then I went on a few months later or something and I happened to come across it and I, and I did it and I, and I changed my settings. And so here's what I would say. This is my recommendation. This is a good movie. I'm going to describe it in a second, but this is a good movie and you should see it. It's like a sci-fi thriller type of movie, um, but very personal. It's just good. So what I did is I went into Netflix and I turned off the, um, cause what was it? There was overdubbing. So I turned off that and turned on subtitles. Oh, and that gives you that option. It does. It totally does. You can go in and oh, for any movie. And I didn't know that that was there. I was just like, okay, you know, someone in my life said, this is a really good movie. You should watch it. So I wanted to make it the best. So I watched it with subtitles. I think it's better. I, I don't like overdubbing at all, um, ever. So anyway, so it's, um, it's Netflix's, it's called The Platform. It's a film of, I'm not going to say too much about it. It's one of those. Um, it's a film about a vertical prison. Um, basically, you go to this prison and you're in vertical cells and there's two of you in the cell and there's a food um, plate, for lack of a better word, a, a, a cement moving food that... Um, holder basically that goes up and down there's a hole in the middle of everybody's room and it goes up and down in this um prison and so if you're in a room at the top you you eat if you're a room at the bottom you don't mm. and you might starve to death and so it's the story through the pov of this one guy who's in the prison and every month they gas everybody in the prison and move you oh, God. on levels so I hope that sounds interesting to people who are interesting interested in social experiments because it is very interesting. However, so the reason why I can recommend it not only from a human perspective, but you know, there's some there's some gore, but it's more it's more um, it's a thriller and it's also a social commentary. Mm -hmm. And I would highly recommend it. And it's on Netflix, so there you go. That's my recommendation of the week, I guess. I think, um, I don't know. I think I'm good on this yeah. conversation. And I, I feel really glad to be back in the room with you, even though you're six feet away. 60. I, I can barely <laughs> see her. Her eyesight's going to. <laughs> the aging is ramping up. <laughs> through the, all right, cool. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This is Shrink Chat. We will be back next Wednesday with a new episode of Terror Talk. Please join us. Uh, this is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. If you enjoy what we do here, there are two things you could consider. Subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media and checking out our Patreon page. Don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or our Facebook page. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and of Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow.